What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I am joined by Lyndon Burton, another year older Lyndon Burton, an older, wiser Lyndon Burton. How are you doing this week? I'm first off doing well. Thank you, sir. Older, wiser, also rocking the hoop earrings on my Michael Jordan swag. You see me. I'm trying to take the network to the next level. We're four years in. Happy anniversary to you, Schubert. Happy anniversary to the bros who think network. Thank you to all the fans each and every week that listen to me and Schubert talk about movies and televisions. We absolutely love you guys. We wouldn't be here without you. And we promise you that the next four years of this thing will only get better. We're, we got a lot planned. So thank you. Thank you for everyone who listens to us. We truly, truly appreciate it. But also got to say this, the uh, pitch and match got canceled uh, some things came up but, but with the competitors. We had to cancel the match, but we are frantically moving to schedule the next match. We're actually going to postpone this one to be the second match. We're going to get the Jake Madison versus Peter from, what do you say, anime match scheduled. And then we're going to do the Christian versus Ian. Switch things around, had to postpone it. But that's the bad news. But the good news is, again, thank you. Four years in this thing. Loving it. Loving each and every second of it. And also, uh, we're going to have uh, Bros Who Binge on a different day next week because I'll be going out of town at some point. So we'll keep an eye out on Twitter for that. We'll it's be talking probably be out on Friday. Something like that. Yep. Also, might as well tell y'all, we Ian on the uh, Bros Who Think podcast that dropped two weeks ago or last week. One this of week, them, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, this week, that dropped this week. Ian said he never saw Usual Suspects. So because of that, we're doing Run It Back, Usual Suspects. We're going to bring the poll back for the next one. I'll tell you the poll movies. We're going to keep them the same. It's Back to the Future. Um, uh, There Will Be Blood. What was the Spielberg movie we said? I, uh, I thought it was Jurassic Park. Yep, Jurassic Park. And then the final movie that was going to be in the poll was Boogie Nights? Yeah. So that's the poll. Get ready for that. But the next run it back that you can look forward to is Usual Suspects. Super, which is pretty cool. Which is super excited to talk about. Great movie. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie in a really long time. I think I've really only seen it once. Oh, so it would be good to rewatch okay. it again. Perfect. But see, the thing with that movie is we have to talk about everything. You know how we talk about the outside world and there's two people in that movie that really oh, yeah. like screw up how that movie is viewed now. Well, not how the That's movie is viewed, but how it's viewed. There's Kevin Spacey and the director's Brian Singer, two oh. shitty human beings. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a double whammy. Yeah, uh, it's definitely un unfortunate. Um, I mean, we're seeing it with our child stars now you know how, how are we gonna look back on drake and drake josh, and josh. And, my god uh, the amanda show uh but see you Corey can't be mad at house. you can't be mad at amanda it's dan snyder it's the person who made I'm it i'm not talking about amanda i'm talking about drake on the amanda show oh yeah and then dan snyder the dude who made it who's who's wrong with Corey in the house oh kyle massey also got uh tagged with some misconduct with minors when was that today 
like today, yesterday. Schubert, because I've been moving and like doing birthday shit, I haven't been on the internet. Y'all are seeing my live reaction. Holy shit, let me compose myself for potting. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, I shouldn't the, laugh the, at that. That's crazy. Like I'm, I'm again. This is my first time hearing this. I'm only laughing because I'm so mind blown that that happened. That's nuts. Crazy. Because he was dating Hannah Ronaldo, the Vine star. Guessing she I broke up with his ass when she found out. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the all the details, but yeah, that happened. Uh, the meme that's been going around is Corey in the big house. Oh, jeez. Yeah, man. So when we talk about usual suspects, we're going to just talk about the art because there's a lot of stuff to celebrate, like Benicio Del Toro, Stephen Baldwin. Um, what's his? I can't think of his name, but the main guy who is the um, who's the detective and the lead crook, both are people who did a, a great job in that movie. Plus, it's a great twist. But um, what you been watching, man? Like I said, I've been moving into a new house, so I haven't really been watching nothing. But Forged in Fire, new season on Hulu. It's up to date. It's the most, re and it's a fucking amazing. That's one of my movies on the rise as well. I'm saying it now, but when I saw that Schubert, I was like, damn, me and Schubert dropped the ball, didn't notice the new Forged in Fire. Some great stuff they built, like Charlemagne's sword. Uh, they, built oh, wow. three, they built the Three Musketeers sword. They built like battle axes, like some crazy shits on this season. It's great. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, um, for me, haven't been watching too much. Uh, you know, Mythic Quest just wrapped up. Ooh, I need to watch. It's all right. That. Was it good? It was all right. Some episodes were high. Some episodes were low. Uh, I'm just ready kinda, for it's always sunny. They they dive into CW the writer's backstory for a mm. couple episodes. One of them is, is kind of like super funny, and uh, and actually the book that CW wrote is now on uh is now for free. you can get it for free on um you, the apple book app mm, i like how they've been doing that where like there's been like tie-ins coming out like brie larson's song from scott pilgrim started charting again oh, yeah. Quentin tarantino just put out the novelization of once upon a time in hollywood it's been fire it has been it has been um but other than that man you know i've been just watching sports Okay, real. Well, a lot of sports right now. Well, when, whenever you're ready, we got a lot to talk about. So, whenever you're ready, we can get started. Yeah, man, I am ready. Let's get into it. So, start. Uh, if there's a Star Wars story, I'm going to start with it. Patty Jenkins, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, taps Matthew Robinson to be the writer while plot details are being kept under wraps. I've talked about this before. The film is going to be loosely based on the X-Wing novel series that was released by Bantam Spectra and Del Rey between 1996 and 2012. I read those books. Uh, Robinson made his screenwriting debut in 2009 uh, with The Invention of Lying. And uh, he also went on this, uh, to write blockbusters like Love and Monsters, Andorra, and The Lost City of Gold. He okay. is also penning the screenplay of Doug Lyman's Edge of Tomorrow sequel, as well as Greg Berlanti's upcoming Little Shop of Horrors. Are you excited for this guy? I, I'm not, not excited for him. I honestly will say I saw Dora and The Lost City of Gold. But you liked it. I, didn't, I, I wouldn't say I liked it, but I you thought think it, it was... I thought it was... I would say it was well-written. 
Mm, like okay. that, it, the story was good enough for me to like not lose you know, attention. <laughs> and uh, but I haven't seen Love and Monsters, so I don't know. Okay, this was one but, of my least anticipated movies, but Patty Jenkins is a great director. That's why I'm leaving it to you because this is your bag, X-wing planes, well, it's, that type. It's of really shit. great that they're gonna base it off that novel series. And, but I mean, it's not going to be the same characters. They're going to change that up a little bit. And I don't know. And I, I'm, I'm sure they're going to stay in that same era to the Empire, you know, Galactic Civil War era. And I think it's just going to be a cool story to follow. It's going to not, I don't, I'm hoping it's not necessarily going to do any tie ins. I don't, that's the one thing like I don't really want to see out of this movie in particular. Like you can maybe make a mention to Luke Skywalker and like destroying the Death Star, but, but like you're trying to keep this about these characters. Yeah, for the most part, I don't want it to be like really like have anything to do with any of it. I want them to be just running missions. Got you. Know, I got you. That makes sense. Like that. that makes total sense. I am mad at that. Yeah. So I I almost wish this was a series because I you know having it be one movie event. It's kind of like, well, what are they going to make them do? It's got to be something that has a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. So um, I did see some concept art where it was like a, a big space station with a lot of um, Star Destroyers docked at it. Mm-hmm. it seemed like a pretty cool concept art. So It could have worked better as a TV show now that you're saying that, though. It, it would have worked better as a TV show because then it would have been it could have been procedural. Mm-hmm. It could have been like every episode they go and they do another or it could be like a, a cluster of procedural. missions leading yeah leading or like to three a... three episodes or them doing one mission and then do another mission yep so you know like i said i'm not gonna shit on this i know you're excited for this so i'm just it's the I've... first one of these movies that's gonna be coming out so we'll see yeah i just i just i just let you discuss this but i'm excited for some of the n- stories to come. now next week we'll be able to talk about visions mm, that's what i'm excited about yeah. Oh, it drops next uh, week. Yeah, it drops this week. Okay, lit. I'm okay. Fire. Excited about that. Yeah. Uh, next up, HBO Max's Green Lantern series is reportedly looking to cast Outlander and Game of Thrones vet Tobias Menzies as Sinestro. Saw this. Don't know who the guy is. Didn't get a chance to look him up. I should have. But like I said, look, been, been in my look own him up world. right now. So you look at get his look. He does have a look that I would think would go with Sinestro. And I, I think... He did a phenomenal. I don't. I can't. I if if I saw his Game of Thrones character and in a picture, I'd probably remember it. But I'm more. He's so a Baratheon. He's which at Baratheon. He's older Baratheon. He's he's not fat Baratheon. He's a. Uh, but he's, he's not Stannis. Oh wait. Who? Okay. Wait. Maybe I'm tripping. Who is he? Minute. Hold know. on. Hold on. But I'm about to tell you who he's from Game of Thrones. All right, but for anyway, his Outlander character, he d- is a big character. He does a really great job. He's really menacing and evil. He's just the perfect villain. Oh, he's Tully. He's Ed Mad- he's Ed Murray Tully. He's Tully. Oh, so he's like the brother or the yeah, dad. He's yeah, the he's the brother of Brendan Tully. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he Okay, I'm looking at his face. He does look like he could be Sinestro. I'm not mad so. at it. He'd get a little facial hair. I could see it. So I, I think this would be a really great casting for this. He looks series. like knockoff Mark Strong. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing, but he definitely yeah. looks like he could do it. And like you said, from his uh from his Game of Thrones character, I think he can give, I think he can get vicious. Oh, and his Outlander character is super vicious. Like oh, he vile. Is? Okay. I fuck with that. Ooh, I'm looking at like a fan art. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Okay. Solid. Well, okay. Good, good for the Green Lantern series. Looks like it's coming together. Yeah. Now the but, question is, will this guy be the green? Will be Sinestro in the John Stewart and Hal Jordan movie? That's he's a good enough actor and semi big enough to, I think, make that happen. Like mm-hmm. I think that I think that he's big enough to be able to hold to that. Okay. Well, that's something definitely we're gonna have to pay attention to. See where they put him in with time period because Green Lantern goes over multiple time periods. Is he gonna be closer to present day? And a cool thing would be having him as Green Lantern in the show and then turning to Sinestro at the end of the show. That way, when we get to the Hal Jordan, John Stewart movie, he's Yellow Lantern Sinestro. That would be interesting. I don't know exactly that's what direction they would go, but I would say that that would be a pretty, if they're pretty doing smart it idea. Way. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. So, you know, I could see it, but either way, I'm excited for this. All right, well, let's jump into the trailers. So we got a, a ton of them, and they're all pretty good, except mm-hmm. for the first one that we'll talk about, which is Clifford, the big red dog, with <laughs> its bad, terrible CGI and, and awful jokes. It's going to be your corny movie of the year. <laughs> I didn't Get the was... Razzies ready. I, okay, it was bad, but I didn't think it was that bad. They had moments where I was laughing, like when he ate the pug. I was like, whoa, Clifford ate the pug. What I didn't like, I didn't like the... A- actor who is the uncle didn't oh, like, yeah, him. like him i thought the girl in clifford had some funny moments definitely cheesy cgi don't know how he's gonna stay in new york they would definitely have to make the move so like there's certain things that i'm like mm, and i see why you say it's a bad movie but i definitely laughed at it yeah well i'm i'm definitely not gonna watch it um if it's if it's on hbo max i'll watch it all right that's fair <laughs> Uh, the next trailer, let's talk anime real quick. Let's talk about Chainsaw okay. Man. Great trailer. You, did you like it? I did like it. I had been seeing on anime Twitter since I'm a little bit tapped in, uh, especially when I'm fo- working on the bros who think Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I saw that some people out there were talking about Chainsaw Man is like the best new anime. It's better than X, you know, Naruto, this blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what this Chainsaw Man thing's all about. Looked it up. I was like, oh, it's just manga right now. And then I saw that the trailer came out. I'm like, oh, well, here we go. Now we're going to get to see what Chainsaw Man's all about. And it was pretty hype, man. It was Look, pretty intense. I'm not going to be like anti-Twitter and say it's better than Naruto, My Hero, or any of those things. In terms of new gen, I still have My Hero number one. I do have JJK and Black Clover above Chainsaw Man. But I think Chainsaw Man's better than Demon Slayer. I think Chainsaw Man's a very interesting story. It's very similar to JJK, but in its own way. I, I think it's a definitely really good, and it's more gory. It taps into the horror genre a little more. I think people are going to like it, though. I really do. I think it's going to hit, and I think it's going to be big in America. Hot Topic uh, kids are going to love it. Hot Topic kids, yeah. Bro, they're going to make mean, so many, like, there's going to be so many Chainsaw Man cosplays, so many, like, people trying to get 
like tattoos of like the thing that you have to pull. Like there's a string that comes out of your chest if you're a demon and you pull it and it turns you into the demon. There's like, there's, it's going to be hot topic central. There's like horns that one girl has. There's going to be people buying the horns. Like this is going to be merchandise city. Dope. Yeah. Um, definitely interested in Chainsaw Man. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll definitely whenever wherever I can wherever I can I'll check it out. I mean, it'll probably be on VRV. Probably so. Uh, let's move on and talk about Jellystone. Jellystone mm-hmm. was a surprising trailer for me. I saw. I was like, "Oh no, are they gonna <laughs> read? Are they rebooting uh, Yogi Bear?" That's what I thought and, at first. And then I, I turned to it, and it's like that new age Cartoon Networky animation. Uh, and it's not only Yogi, it, it's one new character. What was her name? Cindy Bear. She's the only Cindy new one, Bear. but other than that, it's the Hanna-Barbera roster. The roster. Yeah, Johnny Quest. I was shocked. And, and Johnny Quest. See, you were shocked by Jabberjaw? No, nah, I knew Jabberjaw was going to be in there. I'm shocked that Johnny Quest and Haji, and Haji. were in there. Then I'm expecting to see Scooby. If you're going to put Jabberjaw, you might as well put Scooby-Doo. I think he's going to be in there. I think we're going to see the Flintstones at one point. Like this show, they're going to use all of them. And it seems like this is a mixture of adult humor and and kid humor. I feel like it's going to be for teens, kids, and adults. Maybe if if it's more, I feel like it's regular show level humor. But if it's more close enough, more boondocks, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, I think it would be more regular show humor i think like it's it's going to be like regular show where the concepts of the episodes are very kid episode but like some of the the lines that they're going to say are going to be like oh well, that goes over you know Kids junior's head, yeah. head but i get that mm-hmm. and like and these are all the characters that even the generation before us really grew up on i mean it's like, really their cartoons it's not really ours yeah i mean like we we watched some of them, especially in our really early years, like, you know, Flintstones, mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo. Jetsons. Uh, Jetsons. Like, I really did watch Jabberjaw pretty hardcore when I was a kid. I mean, Jabberjaw was basically the Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Ver- yeah, it's basically Scooby-Doo. Mystery Josie solving. The, the only thing is Jabberjaw had a band with him. Oh, did yeah. he have a he, Yeah, he had a band with him. And did they have the talking dune buggy? Or was that a mm-hmm. totally different show? I think that was a totally different show. With the Jabberjaw did buggy. drive in a Dune buggy, did he not? I thought so. That was their Talking car. Dune I'm buggy. pretty sure. Now you got me Googling Jabberjaw. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> you know, Speed Buggy was its own thing. Okay. But their car was... A, a I, thought it was a, I thought it was a boat. Oh, they rode in a boat? Or like, not a boat, but like, you know, like a Jetsons looking boat. And the thing is, they weren't Josie and the Pussycats... Uh, Band. But they, they were the, their they were band. band. They were called the yeah. Neptunes. Yeah, exactly. Jabberjaw's car. What car did they have? I thought they had a Doom. Oh no, you're right. They did have a a, a, a like a submarine. Yeah. But Speed Buggy was its own show. I do remember Speed the Buggy crossover. was its own show. Crazy Jabberjaw. What? A, but they're bringing all that back in Jellystone. See, we're gonna watch that shit. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm watching Jellystone. That's that's a fact. <laughs> it's a done deal. Um, let's move on to the movie or one more show. Let's talk about the foundation. Mm-hmm. Yo, Apple has a hit on their hands. 
This looks like sci-fi Game of Thrones level television fantasy. And I love it because it's sci-fi, very political. The Lee Pace's character about being this king for multiple generations, they clone them to have each age there. Absolutely phenomenal. The fact that there's a revolutionary trying to take down the system, crazy. You see so many actors that are like big actors, like dude from Harry Potter's in there. The, the yeah. revolutionary guy that I'm talking about was Moriarty um, in Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, like, Jared Harris. Mm-hmm. Lee Pace is in there as one of the kings. Like, this show looks incredible. And I know Apple tried for Game of Thrones with C, but I think the foundation's going to be their version of Game of Thrones. Well, which C is still getting seasons, and Tom Hardy joined C, and, you know, that's, it, so, that's still going joined on. C. Oh, that's, that's who I'm talking about, not Tom Hardy. Yeah, no, not Dave Batista joined C, yeah. Yeah, Dave Batista joins you. So, I mean, like, that show's still running, but now Apple's got this one, too, for the sci-fi fans. And it's got more of my attention. Uh, I'm definitely probably yeah. going to watch watch this in September. September 24th is its release. I think this is going to be bigger than C. Like I said, you got Jared Harris, Lee Pace, Lou Lobel, Leah Harvey, Laura Byrne, Ka- uh, Cassian Bilton, Terrence Mann, Alfred Enoch, man. Solid, solid cast. I'm excited to see what they do with this, like, this looks really good. It, it does. Alfred um, Enoch trying to make his trying to make his come up, man. From <laughs> fucking Harry Potter and how to get away with murder. Yeah, man, he, so, he really is. So oh, we'll hopefully see. Hopefully, this is big for him. Hopefully, I mean, I think it's. I've been really enjoying what Apple's been doing. So uh, and Lee I Pace really want to watch this. this. The last thing I saw Lee Pace in was as fucking what's his name. Um, Who's the villain of Guardians? Man, the dude with the fucking hammer. Uh, Ronan, Ronan, the, Ronan accuser. the accuser. Yeah. And that was trash. I feel bad for Lee Pace. Yeah. And he so, and before that, he was in The Hobbits. So this this is a big thing for him. But what we got next? Because now the good trailers are coming. The foundation yeah. started it. For sure. Now we're going to get in the movies. Okay. And uh, let's start with some of the streaming ones. Uh, Fear Street Part 2, Netflix mm. coming out, I believe, this weekend. Part 1 is at least. Part 2 will follow, and then in Part 3. In July. Why'd they le- release the Part 1 trailer? I mean, the Part 2 trailer. I don't know, but we're not talking about the Part 2 trailer. I refuse to watch. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that 100%. Part 1 trailer was great. I thought it looked like a great teen slasher horror film. You said that it's you got were a lot up- of newer faces that I really enjoy. Yep. Your like only the chick from Panic no person that you can put a face on like there's no michael myers there's no jason it's like random teen killers yeah Yeah. but i'm not mad at that i think the jump scares i think well i just don't understand are gonna get me in it i don't understand like is it well i guess yeah i i just need to watch which is Mm -hmm. which is fine and i'm cool with that and i think it's cool that netflix is gonna do this three-part series it definitely looks like they got a bevy of young talent, the girl from Panic, the kid from Your Honor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was in there. Yes, he was. What's his name? Uh, the, the, the little, little kid. brother. Yeah. yeah. Who, his whole family died. Yeah, that guy. Yep. So I'm excited for this. This looks actually pretty good. So it looks pretty good. So we'll, uh, we may review this. this. In the, in the, yeah, we'll try and watch this in the next couple of weeks because, you know, Fear Street 2 and 3 will be following soon after. I'm kind of in a horror movie mood, so same. I'm down I'm, to watch. Same, same, same. But the thing that I'm excited for that Netflix is about to drop is something else. 
Is it on this list? Yeah. We're about to talk about it. It's the trailer with it's the Western. Oh, the harder they fall. Yeah, I was like, which one of these is a Netflix movie? Yeah, the harder they fall with um, name name a name. Idris, Idris Elba. Elba, Regina King, Regina Jonathan, King. Jonathan Majors, Lakeith Stanfield, Zazie Beats, Delroy Lindo, R.J. Siler. Like this is Black Panther with with but fucking Western. You have. Eddie Kathiji, who is the uh, guy from First Class, who the black guy who got done dirty. Woody McLean is in this. Masu- uh, Mustafa Shakir, who is uh, in Luke Cage. Laz Alonzo from The Boys is in this. Freaking, uh, I could keep going. There's so many, like, just great black actors in this. It's insane. Yeah, man. Uh, and who's the director? Now, see, the director is someone I've never heard of. James Sam, or maybe it's James Samuel. It might be Jaime Samuel or Jaime Samuel. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, but the only thing we've known him for is the J. He did a Jay Z documentary and they died by dawn. And yeah, Jay Z is a producer. Yeah, Jay Z is the producer. So, So, this is his breakout, like, this is his breakout big movie. And man, did Jay Z rack up the talent for him. Look, this looks like a great Western. Basically, it's Regina King, um, Lakeith Stanfield breaking out Idris Elba from jail. And it's their gang being terrorizing. Idris Elba is like this big gangster, him and Regina King and Lakeith Stanfield. And basically, there's these bounty hunters who's Jonathan Majors, Delroy Lindo, Zazie Beats, RJ Siler. And their job is to go capture Idris Elba. This is so fucking dope this reminds me of the good the bad the ugly this reminds me of uh of um what's the 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 a few dollars more where it's basically lee van cleef and um and clint eastwood teaming up to go take teaming up as bounty hunters to go take down a gang of people it reminds me so much of a few dollars more so i'm so excited for this we've needed more westerns and the fact that we're getting a black western which we never get is so interesting and cool yeah like a you, I mean, a black Western in like the traditional Western sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we've had some that have either had, you know, like Denzel Washington, Magnificent Seven, or like you've had like your one black cowboy, like Django. Or in but Unforgiven, like, you had Unforgiven. Uh, Morgan, Fe- Morgan Freeman. Exactly. But now this is every, pretty much every character is a black character. Yep. So I'm excited for this. Essentially, 100% of black westerns. Jaime, the director better come with it. He he better. I I think the actors will carry it no matter what. And I I think Jay-Z wouldn't have put his name on it if he doesn't think it's going to be good. And who knows? Maybe Regina King helped direct this. Like, she is a director. That's true. (laughs) true. Like, she might be like, "Uh, I don't know if I'm feeling this. Let me do a little bit. Because her name is Top Build. Over well, and, and none of, and none of those people want to be in a movie that's flop. Mm, especially not Lakeith and Jonathan right now. Their careers on the up and up. Well, and Idris too, because I mean he's like you know it's, notorious it's for the, being in bad movies. It's kind of the Idris songs. Let's look at it. You have the movie with uh, Caleb McLaughlin that was critically acclaimed. You got Suicide Squad. You got this. It's kind of the Idris songs. It's all got land. Yeah, it's got no for sure. One but is Suicide land. Squad should I probably think, I, land. I think Suicide Squad lands 100. Yeah. And then let, let's see what else he has coming up because I really believe it is the Idris songs. Like 
Okay, so you have Concrete Cowboy, which I just said, Suicide Squad, The Harder They Fall, and then you have the Luther movie, which people love, and then you have this thing called Beast, and then 3,000 Years of Longing, which 3,000 Years of Longing is in post-production. It's a scholar content with life encounters a djinn who offers her three wishes in exchange for her freedom. God damn it, Idris. And Idris is the djinn. God damn it. <laughs> Idrisant's dead. <laughs> Unless that's the family movie hit. If that's a family movie hit, then maybe. We'll see. <laughs> but this movie uh, looks great. Next, let's talk about what Amazon's up to. They got Jolt with Kate Beckinsale. Looks kind of interesting. She's pretty much a... I wouldn't say an assassin, but like some hit. I woman. feel like she's like genetically modified to be like the best fighter. Kind of like Salt person. or Lucy. Yeah, something like that. Mixed with Atomic and, Blonde. Yeah, I mean, it looks kind of badass. It for does. A movie. Like, I'm I'm glad it's a movie. This is one of those things where I'm glad it was a movie, not a series. I was like, I don't really know if I want to watch this series, but it was a movie. I was like, oh, well, I'll watch a movie. I don't know if I want to watch Kate Beckinsale for. 10 episodes she is yeah, she i watch underworld was meh but this could be good maybe she's an act she shows she can do action people are loving these hit hit men hit woman type movies yeah i think amazon is really trying to pick what they put out there wisely like another, i think there's a story about another thing that they're going to put out later on in uh in the episode i think we have a few amazon but uh, stories actually but they're kind of picking and choosing what they want to put out it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like they're spitting content out constantly um they're being meticulous but they you know the owen wilson thing didn't really hit tomorrow war comes out this week and i hear it's okay i hear it's so, pretty decent so we'll see how, how that goes oh, yeah we got to review that next week too we got a lot to review that's what I was saying. That's why I had to move the day and not take a week off. I was like, it's just too much. <laughs> yeah, there's so much to do. You're absolutely right. And, oh, you have a lot to watch on the plane. Go you. Okay. Yes, exactly. So what we got next? Uh, let's talk about Halloween Kills. Man, what a trailer. <laughs> this might have been the best trailer of the week. Like Answered, <laughs> answered my questions from the last Halloween. I was like, <laughs> what? what, are you guys just going to save mike myers like you know, uh fire truck's gonna get water and put out the fire and After save watching man, that trailer idiots. i was just like it's time to watch the movie like it sold me I, I was like i don't need to see anything else the fact like you said we see the fire department go and save him jamie lee curtis is like what the fuck you're going to save him and now the daughter the town everyone is like Fuck this. We're going to kill him. It's going to be the town versus Michael Myers on this big manhunt. And Michael Myers is killing everybody off. This looks nuts. <laughs> yeah, this looked like the most killing I've, I think I've ever seen out of a, a Michael Myers movie. Like, he was just like, whack, whack, whack. Because people I'm were coming like, at him. Like, people were coming at him trying to kill him. And he's just taking their weapon, slicing them down. <laughs> I think this could be a really crazy installment to this franchise we like that this last be the best one. movie was really great i think you know they're really taking a, a different direction with this and really danny mcbride and special. seth gordon green like you gotta we gotta give some of these com- comedic actors turned producers their props danny mcbride seth gordon green great team seth rogan and um evan goldberg great team danny mcbride basically took the seth rogan playbook 
and is now making stuff he's interested in and he loved. And we're seeing Seth Rogen with the boys and Danny McBride with this Halloween shit succeed. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. And I think like, and then Jordan Peele comedic- falls in that category, too. I think you could say with comedic actors, they all have like a sort of darkness in them, which is why they're comedians. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of shows in like the takes on horror. And for a slasher movie, I think a slasher movie really does need injections of comedy within it because it, at its core, there is a lot of moments in slashers that make you laugh. And that's like the point. Yep. So, you know, having Danny McBride kind of realize that and revitalize this franchise has been really cool to see. I'm excited about Halloween Kills. 100% going to be in the theater for that. Yeah, that's a theater movie. That's 100% a theater movie. Um, uh, something else that I'll definitely be in the theater for is going to be Shang-Chi. Ooh. Latest trailer came out. It looks pretty fire, Lyndon. I, I think I'm probably real excited about that more so than the Eternals right now. More but. than Eternals, more than Black Widow. I've said all year Suicide Squad, I think, will be the best comic book movie of the year. I think Shang-Chi will be number two and give it a run for its money. This looks Spider-Man great. still comes out in December, man. You and Spider-Man. Spider-Man got to prove some shit to me. You can't just inject uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, William Defoe, and make me say, oh, this is a great movie. Shang-Chi looks good on its own merit. Suicide Squad looks good on its own merit. I'm going to wait to see a trailer from Spider-Man before I give it number two. But Shang-Chi, you get to see, we get Wong in this fucking abomination, abomination. tying in the Hulk. I love that we're tying in old stuff. We get... uh. The Mandarin, Tony Leung, he looks menacing. He looks like a great villain. I told you this while I was watching it. I'm glad Tony Stark didn't face him because Tony Stark might have got his ass beat because Tony Leung looks like he's a bad motherfucker as the Mandarin. And we get to see a dragon who people are saying is the great protector. To me, the Funko Pop of the great great protector looked different than the dragon in the movie. That might be Fing Fang Foom, but... I don't want to say that because I've, I've definitely seen the Funko for the Great Protector, which is in Dragon that's supposed to be in there. Might be that the dragon look cool. I think the action looks good. I'm very interested in the guy with the chainsaw hand. He looked oh, yeah. like a badass. So I'm excited to watch this, man. Yeah, so a classic Lulu origin story. Like he, you know, this is going to be his real big breakout. I think maybe he'll be getting in a movie with Henry Golding soon. Oh, Samu, um, uh, Samu Liu? Yeah. Simu? But um, you posed a pretty good question before we got on the pod about Shang-Chi and Snake Eyes. Mm. I asked this question to you. Which one do you think looks better? And I'm not trying to pit Asian actors against Asian actors, but it's just two martial art-centric action movies, both coming around the same time. You got uh, Simu Liu and then Henry Golding. To me, Snake Eyes looks better right now. It obviously Marvel's is more consistent than what we've seen from the G.I. Joe franchise. But this Henry Golden movie looks great. Not saying Shang-Chi doesn't, but I'm just saying, which one do you think looks better? See, I think it's Shang-Chi. It's just mainly because, like, I just don't really understand, like, the point of Snake Eyes. It's just like, <laughs> a nut. I just don't get it. He's an it. assassin. He's an assassin. Yeah. And a ninja. I mean, like, and at least with this Shang-Chi trailer, it really kind of gave me an idea of like where this is placed in a, in the MCU like franchise. G.I. Joe kind of fucked itself, but this is the first. Like he is gonna get recruited by G.I. Joe. Then we're gonna get the G.I. Joe movies. Like I'm hype. We're gonna see the Maybe. rise of Cobra. We'll see. <laughs> but I understand. But- I'm really going on a on a limb with Snake Eyes just because Henry Golding looks great. But you're right. 
Marvel's more reliable. Shang-Chi's the more reliable movie, the more put together movie. So I can see why you say Shang-Chi. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, it is one of the bigger and more interesting and exciting movies that Marvel's going to put out this year. Uh, and, you know, like I, I said, Bla- seeing. I heard Black Widow, the reviews are out. I heard it's not good. I heard it's, well, not, I think it's, I heard it's very lackluster. I feel like it's also just really hard for people to get behind that movie because it really has no purpose. And then on top of it, you've put out these great television shows. And if that, that movie, if it doesn't be, be, if it's not better than the television shows, of course people are going to say it's lackluster. Like you, you waited so long, you made people lose interest in it. And like you said, it has no point for the future. So first, first off, it has no point for the future. You delayed it for so long. No wonder this movie feels lackluster to people. Yeah. Like, not what's worth important the wait, about I this guess. movie? Like, when you get a buildup like that, and, you know, it's like, oh, we and waited know, this long. And I know people are going to say movies are supposed to stand alone, but Marvel has put themselves in this corner where everything's supposed to matter going forward. There's nothing that matters about Black Widow. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's really a COVID issue for Black Widow, and they should have just put it on Disney Plus a while ago. This is their they loss. Should. Like they should have just done it and like put the bullet because now it's just you. Like critics built are people saying up. it's not good. Yeah, you built people up for a movie that just didn't matter, and when it was supposed to fall last year, it was it was going to be in a slot where like oh it doesn't matter like we're going to get this. But because it's COVID, it might have helped it. Line. No, because of COVID, like it pushed it back and made it everyone be like oh expectations like no oh, for sure. Happened. And I'm saying if they would have dropped it, it might have been a bigger hit because we weren't getting anything. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess that's true on Disney Plus, but I'm saying like its original release date. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I understood like why it was coming out then. And at that point, I don't think anyone would really care. They probably would have liked it before all the TV shows, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see. But Shang-Chi, I'm excited for that. Uh, another trailer that I know you're really excited for is The Many Saints in Newark. This is the final trailer. Holy crap. Did they impress me? You know I'm on my Sopranos rewatch, and this looks incredible. The fact that you have we're following uh, Chris Montesanti's character's dad, Dickie Montesanti, is the guy who influenced Tony Soprano. You didn't have John Bernthal as Tony Soprano's dad? What? Vera Faminga is Tony Soprano's mom? What? You also have Ray Liotta in this, Leslie Odom Jr. This movie's casted to the T and looks fucking incredible. Corey Stoll, a.k.a. Yellow Jacket, as Junior Soprano, Tony's <laughs> uncle? Nah, bro. I'm sold. I'm sold all the way. I'm watching this. Yeah, I'm not well-versed on Sopranos. I've only watched a few episodes of the first season. But tell the people what you told me about how this is gonna... But yeah, I mean, this definitely gets me back into that whole vibe of, like, wanting to maybe get into it more. By watching this movie, I'll probably, I'm gonna be like, okay, well, I've learned the backstory of Tony Soprano. You know, say I really like the movie, I'm gonna be like, okay, well, now I'm gonna watch Sopranos, and now I get to watch it in a way that the people who didn't, who watched it before, don't get to it. be like, instead of them watching this movie and be like, oh, that's that who that's who that person mm-hmm. is, blah, blah, blah. I'll be like, oh, they're talking about this person. And I'll know like the whole kind of backstory of how everything happened. It's an interesting way to look into things. It's like telling Star your kids Wars. to watch the prequels before they watch the original trilogy. It's, yep. it's pretty 
pretty interesting way of checking out. So I'm kind of excited to do it that way. No, you definitely have to watch The Sopranos because I definitely want to know what you think because the first season talks a lot about his dad and we we never meet his dad because his dad's dead. But Mm. now you get to know because John Bernthal's him, a lot of things will make more sense, which will be crazy. So I'm excited to see what you think about that. But next up, we got Lori Holders joining the boys season three at Amazon in a recording role. Holder will play the super known as Crimson. Crimson Countess in the comics. Crimson Countess is a member of the payback superhero group. It's the successor for the avenging squad. It's also the second strongest superhero team. Other than the seven, the members include tech Knight, soldier boy, Stormfront, Swato, Mind Droid, Crimson Countess, and Eagle the Archer. We've already seen Eagle the Archer. We've already seen Stormfront. It seems like they're taking these, these, uh, these the um, group from the payback. payback. And like, yeah, and bring them out. We're going to see Soldier Boy. I told you when I, was reading the comics, when I was reading the comics, the payback team was right the next thing. So instead of doing that arc like as one season, they split it up and put the heroes in multiple places. And I think that works really, really well. Yeah. Because I mean, um, I'm interested to see Jensen Atkins because we saw a picture of his Soldier Boy character. He looks great. Yeah, and the the end bit there with Crimson Countess is despite being officially in a relationship with my android, it's heavily hinted that she sleeps around a lot, much to her boyfriend's despair. Oh. She sleeps with Vod high-ranked men in order to, quote, unquote, to jo- in order to join the Seven or with other soups like Stormfront, who we know she won't because she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but we now, but we know she swings both directions. Nice. And okay. and she's ultimately killed by Billy Butcher. So. In the comics. So I wonder yeah. if they're going to keep that that there. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm excited for this. Lori Holden. The boy season yeah, she, three might come out before Cowboy Bebop, which is fucking she crazy. She plays Andrea in Walking Dead for people who okay. watch The Walking Dead. All right. Um, but yeah. The next story is one that I saw you were talking about on Twitter. Yeah, The Weeknd is developing a series at HBO, which he will star in and co-write as well. Currently titled The Idol, the series follows a female pop star who starts a romance with an enigmatic L.A. club owner who's the leader of a secret cult. The Weeknd will serve as the co-writer and executive producer alongside Reza Fahim and Sam Levinson, who wrote um, uh, Malcolm and Marie and Euphoria. Uh, with all three credited as creators of the show. Joseph Epstein will also write and executive produce in addition to serving as a showrunner. This sounds pretty interesting as a secret cult in the 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 um, female pop singer. I'm interested in this. Yeah, I mean, having Sam Levinson be a part of it definitely kind of helps the weekend's credibility here. Mm-hmm. If it was just the weekend was trying to do a show. I mean, I'd yeah, be- it's also on HBO. I'd be like, uh, mm, the weekend. You're not Drake. You weren't in Degrassi. Like, which <laughs> which your skills? But he was right. in. He played himself in Uncut Gems. <laughs> he did, but like you said, Sam Levison HBO adds a lot of credibility to this. And I think the fact that he, he's a leader, he's going to be the LA club owner who's the leader of a secret cult. They could Maybe. go really horror thriller in this. He's definitely yeah. going to be the cult leader. You you don't think? I don't know if he'll be the lead. I guess maybe so. They said he's gonna star in it and be the lead. Oh, it doesn't say the lead. It doesn't oh. say the lead. So what's he gonna play then? A member of the cult? You can't have the a lead member of the cult or the like someone who's associated with the pop singer. Mm, okay. Well, we're gonna have to wait and see. But that sounds super interesting. So, but yeah. 
All right, next up, we got the Justice League Dark has conjured its next member, a series dedicated to Madame Xanadu in the DC Comics titled about the Mortal Soldiers Sorceress, who dates back to the time of King Arthur is in development at HBO Max with Bad Robot and Warner Brothers Television. Filmmaker Angela Robinson is writing the one-hour drama series Should It Get Greenlit with executive producer J.J. Abrams and Ben Stevenson. This just seems like J.J. Abrams is getting his Justice League uh, Dark cast ready to go. Yep, he's you know taking advantage of that contract he signed with Warner Brothers and putting together some interesting little DC shows. We, we were uh, getting um, Zatanna, we're getting Constantine, now Xanadu. We're going to get the Justice League Dark movie eventually. It's coming. Yeah, so it's cool that he's doing this in a way that we're kind of going to get to meet these characters before the eventual Justice League Dark. And let me ask you, don't you think it's interesting in the log line specifically, they said whose time dates back to King Arthur. We also know there's another Justice League Dark character whose time dates back to King Arthur. Instead of giving him his own movie, you introduced him in the Madame Xanadu series, Etrigan the Demon, who's played by Jason Blood, one of the Knights of the Round Table. Ah. You, you didn't think about that? I'm so excited about that. That, that was one of the things I was like, oh, shit. We can get two Justice League Dark movies for the price of one. Yeah, so I guess that's probably what they'll do here. Um, and they said it is going to be a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, a series. Yeah, I thought it was a series. Which, yeah, so, so it, I think it's even better. better. Yeah. You know, honestly, I'm series over movie at this point for a lot of these things. But, you know, like I said, there are some that are like, I'd rather see the movie than series. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely one that I'm glad is getting the series treatment. So I'm excited to see this. It'd be pretty cool. Same. same. I don't know much about the character. I, I am learning more and more about Justice League Dark characters. Look, she's a person who lived throughout many eras you could do it anthology wise where each episode shows her in a different era of time you could do it all throughout her arthurian days like i said and bring etrigan the demon in there's multiple ways you can do this but i'm excited nonetheless either way all right well moving on to our next story disney plus has announced they're going to do a marvel themed short with the simpsons titled the good the bart and the loki (laughs) Which will premiere on July 7th alongside the fifth episode of Loki. After being banished from Asgard once again, Loki will team up with Bart in a crossover event that pays homage to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Loki star Tom Hiddleston will lend his voice as the god of mischief for the animated short where he will cross paths with many fan favorite characters from The Simpsons. Oh, okay. Okay. This is the second this is the second time The Simpsons have done something like this. Maggie did one a Star Wars short okay and so, and so this is i guess bart doing one with loki i think it's gonna be pretty pretty cool little thing to do it's fun that they're doing these little shorts and that you know the simpsons is part of the disney verse it's pretty crazy yeah so let's go i'm down for this you know like you said it's already happened before and it's disney utilizing all their characters yeah now with the simpsons it's just wild that the simpsons are now part of this are we gonna get the simpsons at disney world maybe <laughs> maybe, I mean, yeah. maybe they're gonna have to take them from Universal. I guess they have. Yeah, the Simpsons well, riding Universal was actually really fun. The Simpson World was fun because yeah. you get to go drink Duff's beer, you get to go uh, eat the donuts. Like, so there's a lot there. That's coming to Epcot. Just wait. Yo, that's <laughs> crazy. Are they put it in in MGM with like Avengers and all the other oh, yeah. uh, movie stuff? True. True. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but next, the next story we got is Havoc, an action thriller starring, starring Tom Hardy and Forrest Whitaker has rounded out its cast. Uh, we've talked about it before, but the cast now includes Timothy Oliphant and um, Umbrella Academy actor Justin Cornwell, uh, okay. star of the upcoming Agri Wright film, Last Night in Soho, Jesse May Lee, and Malaysian actress Yeo Yan Yan. Um, some other supporting actors include Quaylen Sepulveda, from, who was in oh, who was in Boogie Night, or actually no, Quaylen Sepulveda, and then Boogie Nights actor Luis Guzman, mm. um, Sonny Pang, and UFC UFC mixed martial artist Michelle Waterson. Okay. 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 But Havoc takes place after a drug deal gone wrong centers on a bruised detective who must fight his way through a criminal underworld to rescue a politician's estranged son while unraveling a deep corruption of deep web of corruption and conspiracy that ensnares his entire city, Tom Hardy being the detective. And I'm guessing Forrest Whitaker is the politician whose son gets kidnapped and Timothy Oliphant or Timothy Oliphant. One of them is going to be the villain leader. Yeah. Okay. And, and is Justin Cornwell five? No, he's um, he's he's not one of the main group. Oh, okay. Because I was trying to see who the kid was. That's I why I was. It is. That, yeah, that's why I thought seeing if it was if it was five because you know five's been no. getting a lot of roles. But either way, this sounds hella dope. I'm excited for this. I think this could be pretty pretty good for Netflix. Netflix is trying to get their action movies down, and you know Tom Hardy. Forrest Whitaker, Timothy Oliphant. Ever since I saw Timothy Oliphant in The Mandalorian, I've become more of a Timothy Oliphant fan. I even went watch Justified because it's on Hulu. This shit uh, sounds great. Yeah, I'm interested in uh, in this cast. Tom Hardy and Timothy Oliphant are just two names I have always wanted to see in a movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely going to check out Havoc when it comes out. Having a UFC mixed martial artist in there makes me think that's you know definitely going to be real fights, fight some heavy, good fights. Know? Yeah, facts. Uh, next, Mr. Robot creator Sam Eastmail has teamed up with Loose and Cloverfield Paradox director Julius Ona to develop a series based on the premise of oh, this is a whole story story right here: an American yeah. monarchy, the American throne. Uh, which will be written and directed by Nigerian-American filmmaker Anna, is set in a reimagined contemporary America where the nation was founded as a monarchy. The entirely white royal family is plunged in, into a scorched earth secession battle uh, when it's revealed that the late king has a hidden mind-blowing secret, a black son who is the true heir to the throne. So I'm guessing like due to like the monarchy with slavery and everything we're going to in like just the different class systems of African-Americans in, in uh, less fortunate white people and the other races is going to be a big battle to see if the blacks come out on top. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like it. It sounds like a pretty interesting concept. I'm interested to see who's going to pick this up. And I'm guessing the other races, like the, the, the Latinos and the Asians are going to have to pick sides with the whites or the blacks. And that'll be a power struggle. This sounds pretty, interesting i'm gonna watch this depending on but like you said depending on who picks it up will give it more validity if hbo gets this it's gonna be like wow this is gonna be huge amazon potentially huge apple potentially huge netflix mm, hulu maybe toss up amc amc possible could be good uh so 
that's it that's it for that that's story. Much but it yeah now. i mean I, I really think that that's a pretty cool concept and a really interesting one that could really uh tell a cool, pretty cool interesting story so i'm definitely mm-hmm. down to figure out what's going on with that later no like, some I casting I agree with you on that. We definitely need some casting. We need the streaming and the showrunner. Oh, no, we have the showrunner. Um, it's going to be Sammy's Eastmail from Mr. Robot and Ona. Uh, Julius Ona. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, next up, Wumi uh, Masoku is set to join the growing ensemble of HBO's We Own the City limited series from The Wire's David Simon and producer George Pelicanos. John Bernthal, John Charles, and Jamie Hector are also on board. Ronaldo Marcus Green is set to direct and executive produce the series based on the Baltimore Sun reporters Justin Finden's book, We Own This City, A True Story of Crime, Cops, and Corruption. Production is set to begin in July. The six-hour limited series chronicles the rise and fall of the Baltimore Police Police Department's Gun Trace Task Force, the corruption and moral compass that befell an American city in which policies of drug prohibition and mass arrest were championed at the expense of actual police work see this is interesting i think this could be great but the fact that we have the wire which takes place in baltimore with uh david simon i just don't want it to be a retelling of something we've seen i wish it was a different city maybe but maybe it'll be a different style this is a true story true it is a true story and it's gonna be a limited series so yeah true story limited series you know not everyone has seen the wire it could bring you to like a, a different audience and maybe people would want to check out the wire because of it maybe um, possibly yeah you're right so i, th- I think it, it could be a really interesting limited series not really anything that's like blowing me away because of like what you're saying with the wire and that's the only thing that scares that me story but john bernthal in this josh charles jamie hector great cast david simon is an incredible executive is an incredible executive producer so i, it's I like- think I think you'll like uh, wound me, Masaku, in this more so than you like her in Loki. Mm, yes, I will. You're absolutely right. I, I, and I like Wu me in Batman versus Superman and Lovecraft. Yeah. So but she kind of redeemed herself in Loki a little bit. Yeah, this episode. We'll talk yeah, about that. We'll talk about that. But uh, next up, we got Apple is developing a drama series about the Negro League baseball. Um, the streamer has acquired the rights to a nonfiction book, If You Were Only White. The Life of Leroy Satchel Page by Donald Spivey to develop a series. It will explore the story of the Negro League baseball using the life and legacy of the legendary athlete and showman Leroy Satchel Page, one of the baseball's greatest pictures and stars of the Negro League for many years. Magic Johnson is one of the producers. Are you excited for this? I think it'd be pretty cool since, you know, what we've been seeing with Apple and Apple developing this series. I kind of want to see who they cast as Satchel Paige. I think that could be a a big for a young actor. That's going to be key. Or maybe John Boyega gets it. I don't know. Oh, no, I'm putting my foot down. I'm tired of British black actors getting legendary American black people's roles. That's fair. Give it to an American black actor. I don't need to see Damson Idris, uh, fucking Daniel Kaluuya, fucking <laughs> any of those guys. Lakeith Stanfield exists. There's other black American actors. Trevante Rhodes exists. Like, give it to a black American actor. Because British black actors, no disrespect to them, love them. But, like, does it have to be every single one of the black American heroes? Like, I'm sorry. Oh, it's man. everyone, though. Schubert, you know I'm not lying. 
What the guy who played Martin Luther King is? Was he's he British? African. Oh well, he's African. <laughs> he's British African. <laughs> what Everyone, are the other ones? Give me another one. Malcolm X in fucking the Regina King movie. British. Fucking no, the, Ali. Yeah, but, British. Oh, he's British. I think so. The only one that no. wasn't was Leslie Odom Jr. No, and, the uh, Ali guy can't be British. Maybe not. Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm just giving too much. And then I thought I thought the other guy was definitely he American. is. Yeah, he is. Uh, who played uh Jim Brown? He's American. Yeah. Yeah. So, but every other time, it's true. Just look it up. Selma, Chadwick Boseman, British. Oh no, Chadwick Boseman's American. I'm tripping. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're just thinking about Daniel Kluwa and uh, yeah, I'm thinking about Daniel Kluwa in Selma. That's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, speaking of baseball, Nick Offerman has joined Amazon's series adaptation of A League of Their Own, uh, like the original oh. 1992 Penny Marshall film. The hour-long series, he is, okay. will tell the story of an entire generation of women who women who dreamed of playing professional baseball. Offerman will portray Casey Dove Porter, an ex-Cubs pitcher brought in to coach the Rockford Peaches, most famous because his forkball killed a dove in midair in the middle of a game. Described as an inspiring and charismatic, Dove was thought to be the next big major league baseball star, but blew his arm out after three years. He's looking to make his comeback by making the Peaches and the Champions. The series is co-created and executive produced by Broad City alum Abby Jacobson nice. and Will Graham. Jacobson will also be starring. Nice. Seems like a role that should really fit her. Yeah. Uh, other stars include Chante Adams, Emmy nominee Darcy Carden, BAFTA winner Jabem Sola, Ili Kumelo, uh, Roberta Calendres, Kelly McCormack, Priscilla Delgado, Molly Ephraim, Kate Berlant, and Melanie Field. Look, we've been clamoring for sports stuff. Not only were we getting the Negro League baseball stuff, we're getting a League of Their Own remake with Nick Offerman. This sounds very good. Like, like we said, Nick Abby, Offerman brings the credibility. That's that's for sure. Like, yep. And Abby Jacobson, like you said, this seems like a role that would suit her very well. Alana just got a movie. Now she's getting a movie. I'm interested. A series. In a series. Yeah, I'm interested. On Amazon. Yeah, thanks. True. So both the Negro League and this. Okay, Amazon. Amazon and yeah. Apple. I see you. Yeah. Giving us so stuff. Pretty neat. You know, Nick Offerman actually tweeted about it earlier today. He's really excited about it. Um, I think so. he could do the Tom Hanks role maybe even better than Tom Hanks because Tom Hanks seemed like he was his typical American apple pie. Nick Offerman can do that, but give a little bit more gruff to the role. It is supposed to tackle or tackle larger themes than the original movie, especially because okay. it is a series. So, you know, he might be definitely able to give that bite to it. And I think he'll put, have a little bit more of an edge in Tom Hanks' character, too. Because Tom Hanks is apple pie. Nick Offerman will be apple pie with the cheese on top. The people who eat apple pie with cheese. Like, I'm thinking he'll be a little bit of like Tom Hanks' character in a league they're on and a little bit of Billy Bob Thornton, Bad News Bears. Mm -hmm. like, oh, something I, like that. I see that 100%. So. All right, good for good for uh, good for everybody involved. So Sophie Turner, she's signed up for a cameo role in Jennifer Caitlin Robinson's upcoming Netflix feature, Strangers. Turner will take on a small role in the dark comedy, which is headlined by Riverdale's Camila Mendez and Stranger Things' Maya Hawk. 
Nice. Robinson co-wrote the film script with Celeste Ballard, uh, which follows Drea, an alpha it girl played by Mendez, and Eleanor, a beta alt girl played by Hawk, who after a clandestine meet-cute team up and go after each other's bullies. The movie is described as a Hitchcockian dark comedy featuring the scariest protagonists of them all, teenage girls. Look, shout out to Maya Hawk because Quentin Tarantino said that he would love to make a movie with her as the bride's daughter. Yeah. So I'm interested in that. But Sophie Turner would have fall from grace. Went from Game of Thrones, one of the biggest young actors with such a promising career, does X-Men Dark uh, Phoenix, marries Joe Jernis, and now is doing cameos in Netflix. There's no reason why Sophie Turner shouldn't have her own TV show or in movies now. Well, she's going to be in uh, an HBO series with, uh, what's his name? Hugh Grant. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we talked about the staircase, but she's going to be like one of the side characters. Yeah. See, she's supposed to be a lead by now. She fell from grace. But Maya Hawk, let's get that Kill Bill Volume 3, lady. This could be really cool uh, for Maya Hawk. I mean, every movie that she's in, especially in the lead, gives her more opportunity to shine. I think she actually is in Fear Street. Um, mm, is so she? we'll see. I thought I saw her flash in there. I don't think she has a big role, but I think she might be in it. Okay. Maybe gets killed early. We'll see. Drew Barrymore on screen. Yeah, facts. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, Vanessa Kirby has joined the cast of The Sun. Florian Zeller's follow-up to his Oscar-winning, Oscar-winning feature debut, The Father. The Sun focuses on Peter, played by Hugh Jackman, um, as a busy life, and as his busy life with new partner Emma, who's going to be played by Kirby, and their baby is thrown in disarray with ex-wife Laura Dern, turns up with teenage son Nicholas. The young man is troubled, and pretty much Hugh Jackman is mm-hmm. like going to become dad. a dad. Trash dad, yeah. No, look, Vanessa Kirby, shout out to my girl. She's becoming one of the Hollywood's hottest drama actresses going for the Oscar bag. I love to see the rivalry between Laura Dern and Vanessa Kirby. I think that's going to be an acting masterclass. Then with Hugh Jackman as like the shitty dad, I think this could be Oscar central. If the father won one, I think the son has more potential, at least for the ladies. Vanessa Kirby, maybe lead actress Laura Dern supporting. I see that coming. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, the father, Anthony Hopkins, that got him, what was it? Did he win? Yeah, he won Best Actor, Lead Actor. Yeah, so. Beat out Daniel Kalu and Lakeith. So, you know, all three of these actors have a really great opportunity of getting a, getting a trophy. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman, Vince Kirby, and Lord Even though Dern, I so think we'll Hugh see. Jackman has the, le- the worst chance out of the three. He has Vanessa- the worst chance out of the three, but, I mean, he's definitely – as good an actor to be able oh, to for sure. put the performance in for it. So for sure, for sure. Not to shit on Hugh Jackman. Now nah, I know it sounded like it for a sec, but I, I, I used to be a big Hugh Jackman shit, shitter honor until I saw prisoners and all that. So, yep. I, you were, and I was always telling you, yo, prisoners makes you look at Hugh Jackman different. He's more than just Shane. Wolverine, Wolverine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I wonder if I can, when I do that, I see if I have VFX, to make the claws come out of my hand for the YouTube people. I'm going to try. But next up, Andrew Garfield and Daisy Edgar Jones will star in FX and Hulu's limited series under the banner of Haven of, of Heaven. Heaven. The, the series hails from writer Dustin Lance Black and is based upon John Krakauer's novel of the same name. In the series, a devote detective Faith 
a devote detective's faith is tested as he investigates a brutal murder that seems to be connected to an esteemed Utah family's spiral into LDS fundamental Latter-day Saints. Oh, into Latter-day Saints fundamentalism, fundamentalism and their distrust in the government. Garfield will star as Pyre, an LDS elder who is committed to the church and family, but begins to question some of the church's teaching through his contact with the suspected murderer. Edgar Journal stars as Brenda, a young faithful Mormon who is victim of the brutal murder. I think this is perfect for Andrew Garfield being a detective that's a devote uh, Christ- Latter-day Saint Christian. Yo! A Mormon. Easier oh, devote Mormon. This is gonna be insane, bro. Like he's gonna kill this. I'm. I love this for Andrew Garfield. Yeah, this is gonna be a pretty cool. I'm glad FX is doing it. I definitely trust FX to put like on a pretty cool type drama of series. Uh, Daisy Edgar Jones is from Normal People. This is one of the first things I'm seeing her in since that series. You know, it probably won't be around long. She's getting brutally murdered. But crazy Andrew uh, Garfield's going to FX. That says a lot about FX. It does say a lot about FX, you know, for them to get Andrew Garfield to sign on to this role. I think that they're really going to put out something really nice here. I think FX has really kind of cemented themselves as like one of the the non-streaming TV networks. Yeah, facts. No, and the fact that Hulu Hulu backs them up in Disney. This is basically Disney's adult streaming service. This is them saying, hey. We're going to put the money behind you, Hulu and FX. Y'all be the adult streaming service and we'll get you the actors that you want, i.e. Andrew Garfield. Exactly. So, and, um, you know, I'm ever since I did a big report in college about Mormons, I'm obsessed with <laughs> with Mormons. So sign me up for anything. There's There's been like a, a documentary about like some mur- murders that are in, in the in the Mormon church and they get covered up because because they the religion oh, yeah ooh and this like, would be great then and this like the hierarchies of the LDS church so it's it could be really interesting very I think it's gonna get like very tangled web for this ooh. detective let's go then you know me and we'll probably review this like we did with Mayor of East Town which we should have done weekly but like we did with Your Honor this is right up our bag. Next up, David Delsmashian, Liam Cunningham join Amberlin's horror thriller Last Voyage of the Demeter. Other notable names in the cast include Jean-Jean Briones, Stefan Kapashik, uh, who played Colossus in the Deadpool movies, Asling Francisio, and creature feature actor Javier Botet. The horror film is being directed by Scary Stories to tell in the dark filmmaker Andre Overdahl. Demeter was the name of the ship that transported Dracula from Transylvania to London in Bram Stoker's classic. In that 1897 novel, the ship washes up on the shores of England, tattered and broken with one raving mad survivor. The script tells the tale of that journey in which the crew is slaughtered one by one by a mysterious passenger. Zach Olowitz, who wrote the upcoming Brad Pitt star, star bullet train and worked on netflix's fear street trilogy wrote the current script cunningham is playing the ship's staley captain while das Marshallian is wocek the demeter's first mate botet will portray dracula the casting of the actor gives an indication of the interpretation of the classic character as botet standing a six feet tall seven inches is known among hollywood's directors for his work playing horror entities aliens and the things nightmares are made of this sounds interesting yeah, it sounds pretty uh, like a pretty interesting little horror film. And it's Anne Boleyn, so 
Yeah, Am- Amblin, you know, David Dalsmaki and Liam Cunningham, two names that I definitely are poor guys. <laughs> get me excited. And Botet, you know, being the the go-to guy for being a scary monster. It sounds like it's a great equation for a good horror movie. Yep. So look, well, I'll maybe check it out. I need to see a trailer first, though. David Dalsmaki is definitely gonna be the Crazy mad <laughs> person survivor. Yeah, facts. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, yeah, you don't name him first, and he's not. No. Um, Bridgerton's Phoebe de, uh, Dine Ever. Bro, we got some hard him. names this week. Like, I know, Jesus, bro. I'm sorry to everybody. We've been butchering names this whole fucking show. So uh, Phoebe, she's gonna. She's found her next big film role. Uh, she's set to star in Sony Pictures' I Heart Murder with Ingrid Goes West Helmer, Matt Spicer directing. The screenplay is written by Tom O'Donnell and Spicer. The plot is being kept under wraps, but it's a female-driven thriller. More horror and thriller. Have, We've been having. Have you ever seen day. Ingrid Goes West? Yes, really good movie. So I think it'll be more like that kind of thriller. Mm, okay, I liked it. Like psychological. Um, I thought our girl, um, what's her name? Gosh, I'm blinking. Aubrey Plaza did a great job. I thought Elizabeth um, Olsen. I thought Elizabeth Olsen did a great job. I thought uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. did a great job. It was very well directed by Matt Spicer. So I think this could be really cool. Yeah. Um, Depends on the cast that's with her, though. Yeah, but good for her for getting out of her Bridgerton spotlight and getting in something a little bit more spicy. Facts, 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 facts. Ooh, this next story had beef. It did. That's the whole reason I put it in there. I wouldn't have put it in there otherwise because neither one of us has really watched Supernatural. We um, just like drama. <laughs> but the Supernatural prequel about the Winchester parents is headed to the CW. The one-hour drama will be reproduced by Chaos Machine Productions, the production banner for Jensen Ackles and his wife, Daniil Ackles. <laughs> per the logline, the new show will be told from the perspective of the narrator, Dean Winchester, played by Ackles. It's described as the epic untold love story of how the Winchester parents met and how they put it all on the line, not only to save their love, but the entire world. Um, his J- Jensen Ackles co-star for Supernatural, Jared Paladecki, took to tr- Twitter to reveal that he has had no involvement whatsoever in the show. And a tweet by Ackles was the first he'd heard about it. Dude, happy for you. Wish I heard about this some other way other than Twitter. Was his, uh, was his tweet. Uh, I'm excited to watch, but bummed that Sam Winchester has no involvement whatsoever. I'm stating it again. Uh, the next one is what got me. Yeah. The next when, tweet. <laughs> when asked by a fan if his tweet was a joke, Paladecki replied, no, it's not. This is the I'm first I've heard about it. I'm gutted. <laughs> Dude gutted. said I'm gutted. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Boo hoo, boo hoo! Your Walker Texas girls, bro. Your Walker Texas Ranger now, bro. Dude said, "I'm gutted." That character gutted. meant so much to me. Like, what a choice of words. <laughs> Jen Zackles did not respond. Dude does not give a fuck. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Jensen Ackles is like, bro, I'm going to get my money from CW. I'm going to be on the boys. Like, I don't need this. <laughs> Maybe they weren't that good of friends in real life. Maybe Jensen Ackles is like, bro, I can't put up with your shit anymore, Padalecki. <laughs> yeah, I've been with you for two. What, how many seasons now? 13 like seasons. Yeah. 
Like, I'm doing this 15, alone. 15 seasons of, like, 20 episodes? Yeah, I'm done with you, bro. And, like, what can he add? Like, honestly, this is a story about the parents. Like, you have your own vision. Like, he would have his own, like... When you say you only need one I, narrator, dude said, I'm so sad that Sam Winchester had no involvement whatsoever. I'm gutted. Like, what are you talking about, my guy? <laughs> He's just mad that he didn't tell him that he was going to do it. He just wants the money, bro. He wants to get it. He wants a little cut. That's Walker, what he Texas wants. Ranger, not kick, not kicking ass like he thought. And Jensen getting but the boys love and he's getting this. Then he was Batman in the long Halloween. Maybe Padalecki's, like you said, needing his paper. The Acklesons. It's the Acklesons. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I'm glad you put that story in there. That's absolutely hilarious. I'm gutted. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I was like, bro, are you serious? Same, same. Next up, we got Dwayne the, Dwayne the Rock Johnson will star in Red One for Amazon Studios. The streaming service announced Monday the film will reunite Johnson with Fast and Furious scribe Chris Morgan. The pair recently collabor- collaborated on the hit spinoff Hobbs and Shaw. Red One was conceived by Hiram, Hiram Garcia, president of production at Seven Bucks Production, the company that Johnson co-created with founder Danny Garcia is described as a globe-trotting four-quadrant action comedy which imagines a whole new universe to explore within the holiday genre. The film is currently scheduled to shoot in 2022 with a planned 2023 holiday release. See, this is a a very interesting logline or interesting way to say this by trying to make it seem what it's not. This is a marketing ploy. This is Dwayne The Rock Johnson having a Santa action movie where all the things that happen in the movie are going to be part of Amazon's rollout for their holiday season selling stuff. He's going to be as like pictures of Santa on the website. They're going to be selling merch. This is a marketing ploy where Dwayne The Rock Johnson is using his star to get millions of millions of Jeff Bezos's dollars. I'm not excited for this. I'm not going to lie to the people. This is a straight up marketing ploy for Christmas. Yeah, this is Amazon being like, how can we make money? Mm-hmm. And it's going to mm-hmm. work. It is. So I just want to let y'all know, this is the reason why, this is one of the reasons why Christmas gets utilized in a bit, gets a bad rap. This is one of the bad things about Christmas. Shit like this. It shouldn't be about this, but again, but it's Red about one, family. It's going to be this action Santa, which is so fucking stupid. And they named but it. It's written by a Fast and Furious writer. So it is going to be about family. Shut up. <laughs> This globe trotting four quadrant. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Four quadrant action movie hitting kids, adults, teens, the elderly. Nobody gives a fuck about a fucking action Santa. Gosh. Dwayne Rock Johnson transcends age groups. Jeez. All right. Next up, AMC is officially moving forward with a series adaptation of Anne Rice's interview with the vampire. The cabler has given the series an eight episode order with an eye towards the 2022 debut, both on Amazon and Amazon Plus. Roland Jones. AMC. Was, AMC oh, AMC, AMC Plus. Plus. Yeah. But it's on. I get on Amazon Prime. You're absolutely right. AMC Plus. Uh, Roland Jones will serve as writer and executive producer and showrunner. Eh. eh the one thing I will fire. say, Roland Jones. He is, uh, he's been a writer for a while now. He wrote for Weeds, mm-hmm. he wrote for Friday Night Lights, mm-hmm. he wrote for Boardwalk Empire, he wrote, he uh, for Perry Mason, which was one of my favorite shows of that year. So he's he's been a part of some really good projects. So I think that having him behind it 
is makes me a little bit more interested in it. I still haven't seen an interview with a vampire, and I know that I need to. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't been available on streaming. It's okay. It's nothing to go home about. Um, but it's, you know, vampires had their run for a while. See if they they're trying to make come a comeback. Back around. Yeah, trying to make a comeback. <laughs> we had two vampire stories on this. We did. We did. Apparently, they're coming back. Maybe. Maybe it's the vampire songs. Maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sam Neill and Christoph Waltz and Patrick Gibson will head the cast of The Portable Door, a fantasy adventure film adapted from the series of novels by Tom Holt. The story sees two lowly put upon interns as a mysteri- at a mysterious London firm, J.W. Wells & Co., become steadily aware that their employees are anything but conventional. The charismatic villains who run the company are disrupting the world of magic by bringing modern corporate strategy to ancient magical practices. Bro, Christoph Waltz was like, dog, I'm sick of being the most hated man on the planet from being a, a villain in Inglorious Bastards. He's like, put me away from that villainous role. I don't see him as the villain in this. This is absolutely, I mean, this this sounds okay. This sounds like it just- It sounds really weird. Like Sam Neill, Christoph Waltz, and Patrick Gibson in a- sci-fi fantasy adventure film about magic yeah, it sounds like one of it's those like, teen movies like wh- what a weird cast yeah so it's like with that group of guys it makes me think it's not going to be corny as hell but then the it, it sounds like they're all villains. sounds corny as hell it, it, it sounds and, like they're all supposed to be the villain of a movie where we don't know who the real lead is yeah so I, i'm so confused about this like i'm trying to see i'm trying to remember who patrick gibson is but i'm pretty sure he has a villain face too he does so him and sam neil like i'm confused with this story as well this is one that has me like huh yeah definitely it's just like where where the hell did this come from yeah i don't know about this one and where and where's it gonna be yeah that too i don't think this is an amazon or hbo or this sounds like some netflix trash well, speaking of something that's on Netflix, <laughs> Charlize Theron says Old Guard sequel script is complete. Filming will begin early next year. Do you are you do you want to see an Old Guard too? <laughs> do you want to see an Old Guard too? I want to see an Old Guard prequel. I want to see an Old Guard prequel TV show. Yes. An anthology series where we go through the different po- portions of the fucking universe of the time periods where they were assassins. Like I know I keep saying that for everything, but you I feel like these people are utilizing their IP wrong. The fact that we never got a John Wick TV show about the Continental tells me that they're not people that are the people in charge care more about making money than telling a good story. Like you said, Old Guard should be a prequel about the former people who were the knights of this in the different time periods and about them picking up each night in each different time period. That would be amazing. But we're doing a, a sequel with the new girl and Charlize Theron and this team. Like, what are they going to do? It's going to be another American war. It's gonna, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it would have been more interesting to see the stuff of the past than to continue on what they had done. Yeah. They just it wanted felt, Charlize Theron, so. It felt like they 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 strayed the course. They played it as far as they can. Like, the government knows who they are. Now they're, like, helpers of the government. It's like, bro, I don't like, it's just going to be villain of the week, essentially. Yeah, yeah but it's happening. Netflix yeah. is going to put it out there. So, um, I'm much, uh, quick question. Would you rather Old Guard 2 or Extraction 2? We're getting both. Old Guard 2. Oh. 
I might rather extraction too. <laughs> Maybe it'll be better. It might yes. be. So uh so the wait for Dune just got a little bit longer. Warner it's Brothers. Worth it though, so they can make more money. Yeah. Warner Brothers have shifted the sci-fi epic to three weeks later, putting it October twenty-second. It was previously set for October first. I think it had a lot of stuff coming out around mm-hmm. that time. The move was part of a larger release date shuffle with Warner Brothers. Many Saints in Newark was pushed back one week, taking it from the original spot, taking it to the original spot held by Dune. So it'll be out now on October 1st. That moves it off of the Venom weekend. Yeah, that's what I, I, there's a lot of stuff coming out around that time, but I feel bad for Timothy Chalamet because he's having with all great actors experience at one point, two movies coming out at the same time that he has to promote Dune, which he has to promote more than the other one because he's the main actor in Dune. But the other one is the French Dispatch, Wes Anderson's new movie, where he has a side role. Yeah, so so that and that comes out the twenty second. Yep. Yeah, it is a little bit difficult, but you know, every great he, actor people goes are through people it. are going to see Dune, and I think people are going to see the French Dispatch too. So I think he won't have too much issue. And the thing is, um, October October movie schedule. I'm pretty sure, like you said, Venom is there, and then Eternals in November. There's something else. James um, Bond is coming out in October. James, they, they skipped James Bond. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. They skipped yeah. James Bond. Um, but the shuffle also affected Clint Eastwood's upcoming film, Cry Macho, which was bumped up one month after Dune took its previous spot at October 22nd. So now it will release on September 17th. Good, uh, it needs cr- to get out the way. Like, l- let me tell you what they have. October 1st, Transylvania, After We Fell. October 15th, Halloween Kills, which we are ecstatic for. And then No Time to Die, October 8th. Dune wants to run the, run the rest of October. Now it is going against Last Night in Soho, which comes out on the 22nd, and French Dispatch. Oh, yeah. Let's see. And That's Ron's rough. going wrong. That's a rough. That's a rough weekend still. It is. It's going to be very interesting to see what people choose. Oh, Jackass 4 also comes out on October 22nd. Um, damn, yeah. That's a rough one. Mm-hmm. But um, Crime Macho, I wanted to say, because I didn't remember anything about it, but it's a story of a washed-up horse trainer who schemes to make $50,000 by snatching a streetwise Mexican boy from his mother in Mexico City and delivering him to his father and the trainer's ex-boss in Texas. It's a Clint Eastwood director film. All right, Clint, we'll see what you got. <laughs> we'll see what you got, friend. Um, so next up, Zoe Kravitz, Pussy Island, we talked about last week. It is going to be a MG. It's going to be attached with MGM now, so mm-hmm. it will be a theater, not a streamer. Nice. And uh, Naomi Aki will star. Co- uh, co- alongside Channing Tatum. Yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, Dean Winters, who is uh, from 30 Rock or best known for being the mayhem guy in yes. Allstate, he's joined the cast of uh, the Joe Exotic series at Peacock and the role of Jeff Lowe, which this is perfect. looks like, just like him. Look, Peacock might be the Nick Cage one. We were pro Nick Cage, pro they're, Amazon. They're, but their cast is just like rounding out to be phenomenal. Their Joe Exotic sucks, but everything else besides Joe Exotic is great. Like you have Kate McKinnon, you now have Dean Winters as Jeff Lowe. I'm pretty sure there was another one they had that was incredible. You got uh, Nat Wolf, yeah, as the the boyfriend. Yeah, the husband. Mind you, mind your manners. Who and who is uh, the guy with the hat? 
they casted someone as the fucking producer with a hat. That's hilarious. I forget who oh, it is. Oh man. You that's know exactly me now because we did just talk about it like mm-hmm. a week or two ago. I'm about to Google it real quick. Tiger King uh, cast. <laughs> First thing people talk about. Tiger King cast. Let's see who we got. Um, let's see. Okay, here we go. Um, Brian Von Holt is John Rinky. <laughs> Kate McKinnon, Carol Baskin, John Cameron Mitchell, Joe Exotic, Nat Wolf, Travis Maldano. Uh, Sam Keeley is John Finlay and Dennis Quaid as as Rick Kirkman. (laughs) Weird. That show is going to be great. I'm excited for that. It's crazy. Um, Joe Exotic Mania is still going on. Still, still. Um, And the last story we got, Polly Pocket is going to be the subject of a feature film is written by written and directed by Lena Dunham. Lily Collins will play Polly. It's funny that it's Polly Pocket. I thought that thing at first said uh, Pocket Pussy. And I was like, Pocket Pussy directed by Lena Dunham. And the pussy will be played by Lily Collins. (laughs) Polly Pocket's a totally different story. (laughs) So we're getting a Barbie movie and a Polly Pocket movie. Good for Lena Dunham. (laughs) Yeah. But that's all I got on that. Shit's trash. Well, now it's time for Movie on the Rise. Yes, sir. It's time for the segment of the show where we suggest one movie or TV show that's coming out this week or that has been out for a little bit that we want to tell you about. It's called A Movie on the Rise. Schubert, what you got? We got a big week this week. Yeah, we talked about this trailer a couple weeks ago. Werewolves Within had a lot of really good comedic and uh, character actors as well as the progressive girl, um, in this AT&T. comedy based off a of video oh sorry AT&T sorry excuse me yeah not Miliana. the progress- <laughs> yeah not the progress- uh, whatever her name is. is not flow <laughs> not flow uh but apparently Werewolves- it's good it's yeah, like the best- it's supposed to be the best what you said the best video game the best video game movie ever they say this movie is really really good I saw an IMDb early on I got a, a, a six seven which is not a bad score mm-hmm for for them let me look up their tomato score too we got a lot to watch um, this week we got a lot to letterbox this week <laughs> yeah uh werewolves then is in theaters it's mm-hmm. got a 84 percent on rotten tomato certified fresh it's not a not a bad score 88 percent audience score so a lot of people are liking it you can go check it out in theaters uh tomorrow war is gonna be out on amazon this weekend so uh with chris pratt we've talked about that a few times on the pod mm-hmm. so check that out and next Wednesday, I want to go ahead and talk about it now because I probably wouldn't be able to, to when I want to next week. But Love Island US and Big Brother will be on the same night. <laughs> Excited about Big Brother more so than Love Island US, but my girlfriend and I will definitely be watching that. Didn't Love Island UK start? It, it, it has already started. I'm watching that. I'm getting in on that. But definitely going to be reviewing Tomorrow War next week. Maybe Werewolves Within. Maybe. Just depends maybe probably I'm, not more probably, Zola. yeah more, okay yeah you're absolutely right and that gets to my movie on the rise which i have zola which is going to be about the girl the lady zola's twitter night with one of her friends going down the strip club in miami and it spirals into this wild adventure definitely reviewing that next week tomorrow war as well and the hbo max movie no sudden move with don cheeto is steven Soderbergh's new mafia movie gonna review that and Fast 9 is out. Schubert won't see it. But I look, I'm going to tell you, I'm either going to see Fast 9 
or werewolves within this weekend at the movie theater, probably fast nine so we can review it because that is a big movie. So I'll give my thoughts on it next week, along with Zola, no sudden move in tomorrow war with Shuby. We got yeah. a lot next week's going to be jam packed. And then the week after that is Black Widow. Mm-hmm. So a lot, lot, to, lot to get into, but let's jump into our reviews. We'll talk about Dave episode three. We said we were going to do three and four, but I it'd just, just be better to do three, do three and do four we can do, next week. We can do two next week because mm-hmm. at that time, the time we get to record, well, there have been two out. Yep. Um, three was so three sad. Was sad. Yeah. Man, Allie broke my heart. Everybody's been through that weird shit where your ex doesn't really want you, but you want her, and it's just ugh, ugh. Yeah, the stuff at the end was pretty bad, even especially when he threw up in her wound. Gross. <laughs> and but then like, to see the 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 difference between Mike and him, how Mike's this lonely guy and thinks his social skills are really bad when he was dealing with the shit with the uh was it a delivery guy? It was somebody Mike was no, it was with. his neighbor. His neighbor, yeah, yeah that's who it yeah. was. Awkward interactions, but the beginning with Benny Blanco and Dave doing all this weird shit, and then Gata was like, nah, dog, nah. <laughs> well, no, that was the whole deal. It was like, they were doing all this weird shit, and then, like, Gata calls, and, like, he's like, yeah, I want to come to the spot or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and Dave's like, all right, when we get to, he gets here, like, we can't do all this weird shit, and then Gata doesn't, <laughs> Gata doesn't, like, like all that gay shit or whatever because they were like you know what putting shit in each other's assholes yeah. and like walking around naked. they were putting bubble gum in each other's butts yeah and like playing with their dicks or something like that it was like it was some weird stuff in the beginning i was like what is this dude like what are they doing right now I'm like oh and then and then so gata and his, and his homie Oh no, it wasn't taco. It's not taco. It's no. his homie. And like, yeah. and so like his homie's like, man, like, why do you fuck with this guy? <laughs> or whatever. He's like, he, he's just like the your black dude that he's he, he strings along. He's like, nah, man, nah. That's my best understand. friend. <laughs> yeah. And so like it's good, it's a good Dave Gata. There's some good Dave Gata stuff in there. Um, it's really funny when like they Dave walks up and he's like, so yeah, you know, Giannis is gonna stay at the Bucks or whatever. He's like completely changes, and Benny Black is just like, like, oh yeah. So Dave and I were like sticking gum up each other's asses, assholes. And they're like, oh, bro, and like, what? You guys don't do it. You guys don't do that. He's like, fuck no. It made me think. You remember that twenty twenty one Jump Street line? I just kept thinking of this when I was watching. He's like, popping each other's assholes. Keep finger popping each other's assholes. I just picture the black girl saying it while chewing her gum because they were doing gum. You keep finger popping each other's assholes. <laughs> oh, man. And then, like, he's like, they were capping on each other, Chuck or whatever. We were like, uh, Chuck, Chuck, I, I need help, Chuck. And then he bank block us, go to the dermatologist or whatever for some lump on his ass. And they keep not being able to make this fucking album. Yeah, still not still not making the album. Mike's getting pissed, man. I feel bad for my man Mike. Yeah, I feel bad for Mike. I feel I feel bad for uh for Dave at the end with the whole Alley stuff. That was just, just Allie awkward. Just, and he, he breaks he, my heart. He he was warranted on that whole thing. Is like you know what you're gonna like use my like dermatologist that like I got and then so got like together. <laughs> yeah, so like it was a little bit. I don't know whether it was crazy or warranted, but like I definitely deserved a conversation. Mm-hmm. No, and, for sure. 
and it just ended up being awkward with her being all loopy on drugs and all that junk. And like, I just, I, I'm confused on like, I may need to rewatch that episode about where they stand, but like, I don't really understand like what, what the whole they're not together. Is. Like, they're- I know, I know the, they're not together, and they broke up for like they definitely broke up. But like, why is he so gung ho about like wanting to have a relationship with her, but then like not want to be with her? It's just kind of annoying. It's just like, yeah, dude, like chill. Because he felt he me- he messed up, and he was trying to get his shot back because of the wedding last season. And they I know, but I mean, like, but is he trying to get a shot back? Like he keeps saying he's like, ah. I don't want to be with her or whatever. Or I know I'm not going to be True. with her. And I'm just True. like, well, what are you doing, dude? Just yeah, let it be. On. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right about that. But that's Dave episode three. Let's get to Loki episode four. The best, the best. episode of the show. Did you watch the post credit? Oh, yeah. With all the different Lokis? Badass. Yeah. Badass. Timekeepers being robots? That was a shocker for me. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Crazy, but shout out to the girl because she definitely did a lot better Sylvie? job. Who are you talking about? Lovecraft girl, yeah, Wusami. Yeah, yep. Shout out to her. She she redeemed herself, but man, rest in peace to Agent Mobius. But uh, he apparently he might still be alive because so, someone I read in like an article that in the trailer, there's still like some scenes with Owen Wilson mm. that haven't been shown yet that were in the trailer. So he probably does come back in some capacity. And Loki died again. Shit. Loki died again. This was a that crazy was, episode. That was like a, sh- a shock too, because like you did not see it coming. Did you think he and was going to tell like, oh. himself he loved himself? Maybe I just I didn't really understand that whole bit. <laughs> Everybody was arguing about could you fall in love with your alternate self? And my co-host at the radio was like, "But bro, y'all got the same mom and dad." <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but I did like Loki because of the fact that Thor Ragnarok, we had a whole moment of him growing to the characterization of changing. They had to speed this process process along. And I think of him admitting to Lady Sif that he's this narcissistic person that does evil things because he feels lonely. I think that was very interesting for him to come to grips with why he's evil and why he needs to change. Yeah, it was an interesting way for for them to build up the character he was in uh, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think he's just... I, I think he's really kind of grown on me as a character in general. Like, I mean, like, watching that stuff makes me say like, oh man, maybe I should rewatch the story movies. But then I'm like, oh, they are really, really bad. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it sucks that he hasn't been given good movies to work with. But that's why time. they're going to give him another season of the show. The show's so good. And like the ending, seeing all the different variants of Loki, badass. I'm Bad just wondering, ass. like, like when I saw him, like, you know, die, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in this episode, I was like, we still got two episodes left in another <laughs> season. Like, what the heck is going on here? And like, what is the TVA now? Like, is this just another multiverse that like the someone who is pulling the strings of the timekeepers created mm-hmm. just made up the TVA so that people didn't understand that this this multiverse or whatever. And this is just like a multiverse dimension traveler. Like, I'm just. But it does it does travel through time, so I'm just like so confused about like what the whole deal is with the TBA now that the timekeepers are, you know, found out to be fraudulent. It's just absolutely wild. That's a fact. I don't know what to think. But bro, Crocodile Loki, Richard Grant is OG Loki. You got kids. It's a Komodo Loki. dragon, bro. 
Oh, this is a Komodo. You right. And then you get uh, Black Loki. What? <laughs> or is that is that a Black Ooh. Eye? Yeah, that is a Black, black Eye. <laughs> black Loki. Nice. <laughs> I'm so interested to see what all these variants have to do with uh, with Loki and with the story and how they lead to the different multiverses. Yeah, that's something we tie in. Or, you know, we've been speculating on whether Kang's going to be in it. I have a feeling that he might is, be. Is Just, Kang the real time, like the guy that's really manipulating the multiverse? Because who's the person that made these robots is the real question. Exactly. And I feel like they have Kang vibes. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, they look like Kang. Be part of it. That's what I'm saying. Like, right when I walked in, I was like, oh, one of those is Kang or like something like that. Like I had thought about before, but then when I found out it's animatronic, I'm like, the hell? Do you think we're going to see Sylvie again? She's not dead. Yeah, she's not. Don't know where she so, went, yeah. though. What do you mean where she went? She's still in the TVA. Uh, I thought she left. No, she in, is with the, that, that other lady, the one who uh, zapped Loki or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So do you think Mobius is dead? I think he might be. Mm, you think the other scenes are going to be flashbacks or like? No, I think it's going to be like Loki pretending to be him. Mm, good point. What do you think is going to happen with the lady from Lovecraft Country? Oh, I think she's dead. You think she's, she's dead? Mm-hmm. So I'm just interested who from the TVA is going to take. You think it's going to be the judge lady that's going to be like this evil entity now. Oh, maybe, maybe the Lovecraft lady does take over for the TVA, but I, I mean, I, I don't think, I think the TVA is completely going to blow up. Like, I mean, mm. like there's going to be no TVA after this because like, what have they even been doing and who have they been doing it for? I told you, I, I you remember I said the timekeepers were this wizard of Oz thing. Didn't expect them to be robots, but I did say it was going to be the man behind the curtain situation. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So, but who's behind the curtain? That's the big question. That's the big question. Anything else on this episode you think we should cover? Man, not really too much. Uh, this is a really great episode, and I'm glad that I found out about the the mid credit scene before I watched it. Crazy that you don't cast Richard Grant and not make him Loki. They put him in the classic Loki costume, had him looking crazy. <laughs> yeah, he looked really funny. He looked like Mermaid Man. He did. Look, no, he looked like Barnacle Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he looked like. With that's those funny. tights. <laughs> but so ready was, for Loki next week. Yeah, this was a great episode. This was definitely the best episode of the season. Might be the best episode of Marvel TV so far. I probably would give it to Falcon Winter Soldier, one of them. But if you tell me this is the best one overall, I'm not mad at you. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's held its own. Like I said early, earlier. I didn't really care about this character, and now I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a total Marvel feel to me. I've, I've loved the direction the show has been going. You know, maybe last week was the weak one, but I still feel it's like set up. it was set up for their for this. connection and relationship. Why they? But I mean, like, I still don't understand like what that whole deal is. Like, are they supposed to fall in love? Like, that, let me ask you: If you met Girl Schubert and you thought she was cute. From another dimension. Are you hooking up a girl, Schubert? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, I'm not hooking up a girl, Lyndon. I'm sorry. But like that was my, my vibe that I got from them is that they didn't want to hook up with each other. They just like highly respected each other and were like, oh, yeah. Like, well, they're narcissistic. They're supposed to love themselves. Exactly. So he might have loved her. <laughs> I don't know. 
Maybe. We're going to see next week. <laughs> um, but that wraps everything up here. Now we'll talk about some things that, you know, maybe not our big listener base cares about and we'll talk about. This is for the people uh, that stick around till the end of the show, the end of the showers. So, you know, I'll talk about The Bachelorette because. So, I yeah, what happened this week? I saw you tweeted Andrew like, S is the one you're supposed to listen to. Well, yeah. Okay. So I'll just go through the whole damn thing. So <laughs> starts off. Uh, Thomas is like doing some like he's running around, you know, jogging. Didn't they find out he wanted to be the next bachelor? Yeah, last episode. He last episode, what they asked him mm-hmm. was Thomas, have you ever thought about being the next bachelor? About being the next bachelor. And he's like, Well, yeah. And which is a very valid answer. He's being completely honest and truthful, telling them the truth. Like, who which one of them? Besides maybe Michael from the one-on-one last episode mm-hmm. with his wife died, has not thought about being the bachelor. Oh, the widower. Yeah, the widower. Like, he's <laughs> probably the only one I could say and probably hasn't been hasn't thought about it. But like all the rest of them, they've definitely thought about being the bachelor. <laughs> like they're lying to themselves. And then like the thing with Andrew S was like after the group date, which was a truth or dare, same as the Tasha group date from last season, which is pretty funny because I mean like it. And then it is worth noting a few things. So in that date, there was a part where you had to whisper into Katie's ear and you didn't know whether or not she could hear it, but she could hear it. And Andrew S like did like a really good job, like whispering sweet nothings into her ear. Like mm-hmm. everyone was about it. Like because Tasha and Chris and uh, Caitlin were on the, were there with Katie. Can't even remember her name. You hated that much. <laughs> I, I mixed I mixed Caitlin and Bristow together. That's what mm-hmm. I did. But um, so Andrew did a really good 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 job on the date, but Greg did a terrible job. He like mm. ended up like quoting horrible bosses, like said some really <laughs> weird nonsense. What did he say from horrible bosses? <laughs> Something like I'm gonna bend you down. Oh my gosh! And take you around the fifty states or something like that. <laughs> And then, like, he proceeded to talk about, like, each state is, like, I'm going to take you down to Florida because it's deep or whatever. And <laughs> what I'm, a like, bad job. And, like, he didn't know that she was, like, listening to it or whatever. And so, like, he says all that and, and he meets the criteria of the challenge. And then he, like, he, like, fist pumps, like, yeah, I did a great job. And then, like, Katie <laughs> says, like, something derogatory <laughs> to his thing is, like, ooh. But then later on, he... The part of the date is like they have to eat a habanero pepper, like super hot pepper, and like propose. Mm. And he and he does it, and he says like, and his he didn't take it very well. He was a big wimp about it, and he had to like (laughs) he was like crying and holding milk later on. But like so he does his his deal with Katie. He's like, Katie, I love you so much. Blah 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 blah. blah. And like, my man Greg shit the bed, eh? Yeah, but then like because Katie was like you know selective hearing, she's like, oh. It's the first time he told me that he loved me. And I'm just like, oh, Katie, oh, my God. <laughs> but so, like, the night portion goes on, and, like, Andrew S. Had, has – so Greg and her have a conversation, and Greg, again, very looks much uninterested in her. Ooh. Greg's just a conniver. And think then, he wants uh, to be The Bachelor? I think Greg just wants screen time, man, honestly. Ooh, actor shit. And – um. And Andrew S goes. Andrew S has a really good thing. Has a really good conversation with her. Builds on their relationship. You think, well, Andrew S might get the rose here. 
but then like the boys are sitting while Greg's doing his thing with Katie and Trey, one of the other black guys. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember him. He's no, like, I don't with that with the fro. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. And uh, he's like, we got to tell Katie about Thomas. Like what? We, you know, we, we got to guard her heart or whatever. She wants us to like, you know, be honest with her and we don't want her to like have to he was losing ground so he wanted to to bring exactly. up exactly and, so, and so andrew s was like bro like this is our group date like we should be focused on building mm-hmm. our individual relationships like bringing something up like that is just gonna like derail the time. whole night yep. take people's time and it's just gonna mess things up for the rose ceremony so trey does that tells katie katie gets upset cries to producer comes back and like get and at the end of the day, gives the rose to Trey for telling her, rewards him for snitching on this dude, and like, uh, they, oh, they just they cons- consist. I ended up feeling bad for Thomas at the end of it because they consistently kept putting words in his mouth. They were like, "Oh yeah, he said that he only came on to be the bachelor." Like, no, you flat out asked him, "Have you ever thought, thought <laughs> about the possibility of being a bachelor?" And he's like, "Yeah, I, I have." So, I mean, like, Thomas legit was probably being truthful the whole way through. There is an episode of the Vial Files, and I'll probably end up watching tomorrow, where he, where Nick Vial talks Nick to Katie. Nick Vial. <laughs> he, he, he talks to Katie, and Katie's the, on a teaser that I saw that says that there was some stuff that they didn't air with Thomas that made her mm. more so think about the decision of not keeping him. But, like, so long story short, like, Thomas goes to talk to Katie and, like, try and build up his credit and reputation ends up taking a lot of time for the men because like the, the rose ceremony he gets, gets started late does he, does he get dumped oh i'm, I'm getting to it uh-huh. and so andrew uh andrew s again tells the group he's like there's what you if we wouldn't have opened our big fat mouth and just would have trusted katie with figuring out that this dude's a shithead she probably would have figured it out herself and we wouldn't have had to like gone through all this bs and then like uh aaron or whatever just yells at him he's like bro blah 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 and then like Andrew S like raises his voice and he's like, don't shout at me, bro. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's just some meathead BS. <laughs> I got to watch this episode now. <laughs> uh, Michael A has the only good conversation with Katie at the road uh, before the road ceremony. <laughs> Michael A. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a front runner for sure. And Is then really, yeah, dude, the guy with the, the widower. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the widower. Okay. Okay. You got to yeah. call him the widower. I don't know him as Michael A. Okay, but uh, so they get to the rose ceremony. She picks dudes that I didn't even know their names. Like, like she who? sends th- she sends three dudes home that I actually recognized, and I was like, "Why are you sending these?" Nobody okay. really too too serious. Is Marty still there? Who's Marty? The black guy. I Wait. don't know who that is. Okay, man. no, it, it's not Marty. Is Courtney still there? Courtney is still there. Okay, is Mike still there? The Virgin. Yes. Is is Trey still there? Yeah. Andrew S. Yeah. Thomas. No. So what happens with Thomas is she goes through the whole deal, says all the people, is holding the final rose, and then calls Thomas up. It's like Thomas, and then all uh, you know, Justin, the dude who makes all the facial expressions, like what? what? <laughs> They're all like, what the fuck? And then she like Thomas goes to give her a hug, and Katie steps back, and then says. You are manipulative. You're a liar. Blah blah Balls. blah. <laughs> and then it's like your bachelor audition ends here. Get oh. out. She like savagely, brutally like Damn. tore this dude up. Okay, so is any of the Connors still there? 
Connor B or C? Connor B is there. I think Connor C is gone. Mm, is is Hunter still there? Hunter's still there. Hunter is supposed to be the villain next week. John, is John still there? The vegetarian? Probably not. I don't okay. know who that is. So who'd she get rid of that you recognized? Christian. Christian? Okay. Oh, she got rid of Christian? Okay. Yeah. Who else? Uh, the Connor C guy. Connor C. The other okay. one I definitely recognize, but I don't remember who all the other guys are because I barely remember their names. But Thomas got the bars this week. Casey Thomas got the bars. Your bachelor audition ends here. <laughs> uh, and the only other part of the episode was uh, Blake from Tasha season come coming to like talk to Katie and be like, "I want to." They chatted in the DMs. They admitted to that. Ooh. So does um, he join the show? At the very end, she was like, yeah, I want you to join the show. And so he's going to be in next week. So that's going to be another bit of drama. Ooh, I know the boy's upset about that. Yeah, especially because they're so tight-knit. They've been, like, you know, getting so people out. So who's the front runner right the now? The front runner, you know, after listening to one of Nick Vial's podcasts today, he said, like, when he came on Caitlin Bristow's season and was like, yeah, we DM'd a little bit. They actually DM'd a lot. He's like, mm. Blake's probably, Blake and Katie are probably lying. They probably talked a lot before this and, like, were maybe like really heavily flirting so i think at this point blake is probably the front runner. top four mm. um i think greg and andrew s and uh michael mm. are your top four okay so andrew s gets a one-on-one next week Ooh, big for andrew s so okay so that means that austin i mean austin not austin what's dude's name who snitched on cody Oh, Aaron. Aaron. So that means Aaron and Trey are not in the running. Well, I think what's going to happen with them is that they're going to try and go after Blake because they have a, they're now in this pack mentality. Like we we've gotten two dudes out. Let's see if we can get out next. We don't like Blake. Let's try and get him out. <laughs> and then like they're going to try and do that shit. He's going to fail. Uh-uh. Mm, I know who he is. I see y'all are schemers. Mm. Exactly. Andrew so, has told them leave them leave them people alone. That's the Bachelorette. I'm excited for Paradise because there's like a bunch of spoilers that are coming out, and I've seen just a few of them, but I'm trying to like stay away from them for the most part. I yeah, do know for, away. I do know, I do know for sure that Thomas is on Paradise. Katie just about confirmed it today Ooh. on Twitter. So Thomas will be at Paradise. We Ooh. have Becca Kufrin's in Paradise. My we know, girl. We know grocery store Joe is in Paradise. Oh, yo man's. <laughs> So those are a few names that we do know that do make it to paradise. So the next Bachelorette season is who? Michelle. Michelle, okay. Okay. So I'm be interested to see who from this season carries over. Maybe goes to Michelle's season. You think some people go to Michelle's season? Well, if Blake can Blake Moyes or whatever can be on Claire (laughs) Crawley season, Tasha season, and Katie season, I don't see why not. (laughs) He was on Tasha season. Oh yeah. shit, Blake! You were a big fan of Blake during Claire Crawley season. You were? I was not a fan of Blake. No, because he he's just so he looks like Alex the Lion from Madagascar. He's <laughs> just a goofy ass. He like they did like a pottery class or whatever, and he made a dick. <laughs> and it's just like he's just a child, bro. <laughs> That's but the, the last thing I want to talk about why I had you here was. Man and my hero episode this week was fire. Oh, uh, with the end of her uh, stuff starting. Yeah. 
Mm, and then how they well, showed Hawks a little doing his his shit. Mm-hmm. Hawks in his bag working with the villains. I'm just ready for my villain academia. They switched them. I think it'll work better this way for people like you to be like, okay, we're gonna get this. And then when they, because my villain academia, it happened so abruptly. But you see the Shigaraki shit in the beginning, and you're like, what? What's going on with Shigaraki? And they're like a couple weeks earlier. <laughs> Yeah, so that's going to be pretty neat. We definitely saw the uh, change in the theme so mm-hmm. we, with the villains in it, so we know that they're going to make that change pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the. I didn't watch to see if it was next, next week's episode. I think it may be. If, if it's not next week, it's week after next. So right. we're going to talk about it when we get the Switch. But yeah, pretty interesting that we got Deku and... Um, and uh, Shoto and Bakugo, man, Shoto working and with Endeavor. I was, yeah, I, was, I kept wanting to say Todoroki. I'm like, it's Shoto, but yeah, super, super pumped about all that My Hero stuff. It's been really great. Watching no, I agree. This season, so I agree. Pumped. So, but yeah, that's it. That's it for uh, this week's episode of The Bros Who Binge. Lyndon, let everyone know what's going on with the Bros Who Think Network. Sorry about that noise, everybody. That was my girlfriend just busting in the studio, making all that racket, clowning. But uh, y'all can check out the most recent episode of the Bros Who Think podcast. That's out now. Anime Talk will be out on Friday. Just because of the move, didn't get a chance to record it. Me and Chris are recording it tomorrow. By the time you hear this Thursday, so y'all look at that on Friday. Like we said, the uh, pitch and match was postponed. We'll give you all the new dates soon and give you the new dates on Run It Back very soon. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much that. That's all that's out this week. So make sure you follow awesome. us on Bros Who Think and subscribe to the YouTube. All right. Well, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Asia Before Teen Letterbox Adam BWT. Uh, I should review something pretty soon. What did I watch? Oh, I'm, recently? I'm reviewing Tomorrow uh, War. Fucking all the movies we're about to watch this weekend. We have the so most much. recent movie I watched was actually Anaconda. Was it good? <laughs> I mean, trash. <laughs> no, it's not. But it's just hilarious because John Voight has the most hilarious accent ever. And oh, Ice is that Cube. his southern voice? It, no, it's like Voight. him. He's like Spanish or whatever. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I like a snakes. <laughs> Bro, those movies where they made William Defoe. A mafia boss in fucking uh the um the Desperado sequel, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. They made William Defoe a mafia boss, and then in Anaconda, they made a fucking John Voight a Latino. I feel so Latino like left the priesthood from Argentina. These, these white actors they make into Latinos are absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I was ridiculous, dude. I was like, JLo, how'd you not slap him on set? <laughs> Crazy John Voight <laughs> and Owen Wilson's in that movie, too. <laughs> he is in that movie. <laughs> oh, but shit. pretty wild, pretty wild. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. So check out our stuff on Letterboxd and make sure you check out next week's show. We'll let you know on Twitter when that's probably gonna come out. I'll be hidden doing a little summer vacay, but I'll be back in the middle of the week to should be out Friday, latest late case Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, but again, like Linda mentioned, we're not going to do a pitching match next week. Got postponed. Probably so do a live stream. Just maybe do a live stream. Come chill in the stream. Go to the Discord. Mm-hmm. You know, probably hear from it there. But anyway, check us out next week, Bros Who Binge, and make sure you check out all the things that we talked about in Movie on the Rise. It's going to be a great week for movies and TV. 
So I hope everyone out there has a great week. And as always, keep binging.